During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Kind of Funnies, the Conjuring Universe Cinematic Universe in review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing every movie in the Conjuring Universe. Cool, As cool. always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by big old Bathsheba himself, Greg Miller. <laughs> <laughs> That's me puking in your mouth, Tim. The nun, Elise Willems. Uh, I, I'm in the. I'm in this one. I'm in this one. Uh, the crooked man. <laughs> the crooked man, James Willems. Uh, who thought of this terrible? Apparently that poem has to do with a guy who was like a lord back then, who was like really, he built roads or something. Get anyway. a crooked cat. <laughs> and the old man from Conjuring 2, Nick Scarpino. All right. Okay. Just why? Because I sit in chairs? Is that why? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you can watch this show live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games or watch it later on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. If you want to listen to it, we're there on podcast services. Just search for kind of funny reviews. If you want to help us financially, that would be awesome. You can also get the show ad free and write in your reviews in haiku form over at patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like James Davis, aka James Davis makes on Twitter and all the social media and Andrew Feisner. Thank you all very much for all of your support. Uh, we are brought to you by Upstart and HBO Max, but we're going to talk about that later. Because right now, guys, we are talking about The Conjuring 2. Cuckoo very exciting stuff. One of the best stuff. features in the cuckoo. The tuku. Oh. The tuku is where we're at with this one. Count <laughs> tuku. That's what we're coming at. Count tuku. Count tuku. Great. Uh, released on June 10th, 2016, my friend James Burke's birthday. Uh, directed by James Wan. James Wan was offered a life-altering amount of money, he said, uh, in, <laughs> in, order, in order to direct The Fate of the Furious. However, he turned that opportunity down to come back to Cuckoo, baby. Thank he God. had to do it. The Conjuring 2, I feel rejuvenated to tell a scary story one more time, he said on Instagram, forever immortalized. Uh, budget of $40 million, box office of $320.4 million million dollars now let me give you a little frame of reference greg frame it for me please you know what i hate trying to think i'm gonna close my eyes you take the wheel tim i'm doing it man 320.4 million makes this the highest grossing horror film of the year and the second highest grossing horror film overall of all time at the time of release behind only the exorcist no unless you count signs or the sixth sense and then it's fourth so I, I bring this to those. the I bring this to the table. Do signs and sixth sense count as horror movies? Because no. I say I say science no. I say science, yes. yes. Nah, science is science fiction. Science fiction. But it's scary. 
When he puts the mm-hmm. knife on the door, one, it's like horror, a but it's not just Dude, remember that I got scared by the movie Family Man to the point that I didn't want to have kids till I met Jen, but I wouldn't say Family Man is a horror movie, all right? It's terrible. But the movie ends with them being like in the house, in the bunker room when everything's shaking and it's like everything's dark. But like it's kind of like a horror movie. Swing away. Signs? No, it actually ends with them outside. Away. They defeated the aliens. They found their water was their weakness, remember? Yeah. You gave him asthma. You gave him asthma, so his thing is be close. You gave him <laughs> the kid coughs and he's like alive. And Mel Gibson wasn't a fucking horrible, horrible person yet. We were like, yeah. Yeah. Phoenix gets his baseball bat. That's Swing the describing things that happen in horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> can we, good, can we take a call? Nick Scarpino from Kind of Funny. What's up? I think we need to have an intervention here, guys, because I think Greg has had a couple too many Busan coffees mm. this morning. And he is on, he's been on the train for a little too long. Greg, I think it's time to get off the train. This train don't stop till the heart explodes, Nick, all right? <laughs> That's an Elton John song, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, since then, A Quiet Place and both It movies have surpassed it as a uh, horror movie it won by over double wow. <laughs> making 700 million dollars damn that's good one was really good it was it, it too was. what's the word yeah. it i never saw it it was all right a huge too long. yeah everyone Whatever. knows that the most the best part of that whole story is the kid stuff like even yeah. with the book everybody knows and this so, is no disrespect to bill Hader, but it was just by the time we got here i was like seen it yeah I, I love that he had to bring well, up Bill it, Hader I didn't, specifically. It didn't, feel, I just I like, didn't feel like disrespect for Bill Hader until you made that face <laughs> afterwards. Where you're like, <laughs> That's when you got him. That's when you really laid into the hater. <laughs> uh, Runtime of two hours and 14 minutes. Unlike the original film, which was filmed with hopes of getting a PG-13 rating, though the studio and filmmakers were ultimately okay with the R rating that they were assigned, the sequel was both written and directed with the intention that it get an R rating. Which is what it ended up getting. It's a big boom. It's a big wow. boom. Wow. Confidence. Cojones on James Wan. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Mm-hmm. He's the best. What's the take, guys, on Conjuring Two? I I kind of want to not like these movies, but there's just something Hater. addicting about them. And I think it's that this movie, by the way, is like beat for beat the exact same movie as the first Conjuring, and it, it's except instead of having like. Five, 15 kids there's five kids and they're all there's ju- just as exactly yeah exactly know, there's yeah. one kid that has an old man voice and that's totally fine i think um <laughs> i keep i keep watching it going like i'm waiting for these not to be good but but then by the end of them i go like i, I want to watch the next one what yeah. i don't know why and i think it's because he's so good at creating that world mm-hmm. and then having it be like a case to solve and, and i think having it really rooted with um, the, the, the couple, uh, uh, what's his name? Ed, 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 and, Lorraine, Ed and Lorraine are, it's, it's cool. It kind of feels, it never really feels real to me though. I, I know it's all quote unquote based on true events. I like that they kind of throw that in there to kind of, to put a little bit more gravity to the situations. Mm-hmm. But ultimately I just like that these feel like really, 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 um, wonderfully shot episodes of a horror anthology show, um, mm-hmm. that keeps me coming back for more. I have some criticisms of them, namely what we just said. One, it's too hard to follow the characters. There's too many characters, specifically in the family. Like, let's, I know that they're supposed to be based on true events, but can we, do we need 15 daughters? Can they all not look the same? I don't You're know. You're a what hater, we hater. He's, we know this. He's, he's woman blind. <laughs> Nick is woman blind. He, it's all true. women look true. the same to him. Um, I, I gotta, I gotta say though, with the kids, I swear there was a moment in this movie where they, there was a kid that is only in one scene and not in the others. There's, there's this one young kid. boy. There's an older boy. I don't know what he was. <laughs> this old young boy. Who the fuck is he? I don't know. There's four kids total. 
There's four so the, kids. Wait, the yeah, first one's all the right? daughters, right? This one's got two <laughs> boys and two girls, right? Yeah, but I swear there's a scene with five kids and there's a third boy. No, there's It's there's hard four, to follow. Um, two two, does the neighbors should... do the neighbors have a kid? Ye, no. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> And, and the problem is this: they're all speaking with the British accents. They all sound exactly the same. Exactly. <laughs> to, to, also to true. In England. But Jesus Christ, vary it up a little bit. You know. Mm-hmm. I was watching this movie and I kept turning to Jen. I'm like, "Is Lucy saying something in the other room? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Again. You know what I mean? Uh, the thing about other- this one, I, I, you know, obviously, I, I love the cuckoo. I'm happy we're doing this. The thing about Conjuring Two was sitting down to watch it. I remember being like, "Man, I remember." liking this when i saw it but i don't remember ever thinking about it again and sat down and watched it and enjoyed it and then days later thinking about it was like what happened in it again because it is so close to conjuring one and then it has notable differences and i think they you know get the MacGuffin of the ghost out way earlier and you understand a bit more of what's going on but it's totally enjoyable in the moment but i just afterwards i'm just like i walk away and i'm just like whistling dixie don't think about it well that's that's Sorry, go ahead, Elise. Sorry, I was going to say, I had something similar to Greg, which is that the first one was much more memorable to me, and maybe that's because it established the format first. Mm -hmm. But then also, for The Conjuring 2, I found the ghosts more memorable. Like, I remembered the nun, the crooked man, the old man. But the family paled in comparison a little bit to the family in the first one. So I found that all of those characters... Why no truck driver? They just wrote it out before it even started. (laughs) Yeah, they just uh, say... I think that there's there's also a thing in this. I just I for some reason just don't love the nun ghost tying oh, into crazy. this. And no, I like the ghost. I think she's terrifying, and I think everything they shoot, like when it's when it's the picture and it keeps coming back to the painting, I was like, that's fucking great and terrifying. But just there's such a weird loose connection with how that 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 story is connected with this story that I just feel like it's kind of shoehorned in there. Like I never I, quite grasped yeah, why yeah. these two ghosts were tied to each other. I don't, I just don't understand that. And I don't think it's ever really perfectly explained. Well, Valak, right. is just after these, she knows, or Valak knows that Ed and Lorraine are a threat. And so they, mm-hmm. she, they came in, they fucked up Amityville. We're going to make sure, you know, we'll lure you across the pond here. If you come here, we're really going to show you don't fuck with us oh. kind of thing. And that Amityville right. introduction is so good. Right. Oh, that yeah. was my thing about it where I like, yeah. you know, again, it, I, I know I'm a dork, but as somebody who grew up reading like, you know, the real ghost stories and like Hans, uh, I forget his last name now, but like Zimmer. the guy who wrote all these. Zimmer. Yeah, that's what that's what I jumped to now, too, because obviously more current information is just erased. My Hans, it's Hans MacGruber and Zimmer, Hans right? MacGruber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's the idea that. I grew up and I remember like the photos they show at the end of her in the red pajamas. Like I remember reading the uh, books about these and having those images in there. And so at the end of uh, uh, Conjuring 1, when they're like, oh, yeah, we got a thing out in New England and it was Amityville. I remember getting excited in the way I got excited at the end of Batman Begins. When he's like, mm-hmm. they, we, we get body armor, they get, you do this. And then gives him the card and he flips it over. I remember like, oh, fuck. And so to have this open with it, but not be it, I liked. Because it was like, we'd already had the reboot of Amityville, right? By this point, like, it was like, how many yeah. times can you do that? Ryan Reynolds killed it. We don't need to go back. Yeah. Nick Scarpino, kindoffunny.com. I've never been into horror stuff, right? This has never been my genre. So I, it's blowing my mind that like these things, I remember there's a movie called like Amityville, right? These things. Mm-hmm. I had no idea until probably a year ago that like Hill House, Amityville, these are things that I guess people who are into haunted hauntings really know, right? These are like big folklore things. Mm-hmm. Well, Hill Hill House is Hill House is, a real thing, or is that just the story? I, no, it's because yeah. they made oh, like a forty of those. Yeah, movies. that's a book by the the woman that wrote the lottery. So that's based on a book, but yeah, so the Amityville stuff. Yeah, 
So Amityville and was then, a real haunting, and so was so and was then, all all these movies are based on quote unquote yeah. real hauntings, right? Yes, yes. Well, not all of them. Isn't it just well, the I Conjuring mean, the ones? Conjuring, Annabelle's the not. Conjuring oh no, proper. Annabelle is real. Yeah, there is an Annabelle doll, but I don't think that there was <laughs> there were Annabelle hauntings that that resembled the Annabelle stuff. You know, that's definitely mm. out of the realm. Who's to okay. say? The most exciting thing about this is that the the pace that they're setting with Shirley this movie, Jackson. <laughs> She wrote. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, she <laughs> Annabelle. Like, sorry, I just had a stroke. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh, I like the pace that it's being set here because it goes. You know, we've seen it a hundred times. You you do the first movie, then the next movie has to be bigger, better. You go abroad. Not for the but Warrens. That means that means that Conjuring Three is going to take place in space. Hell yeah, <laughs> let's go. I, I mean, the Warrens go to hell. Yeah, 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 if you put a title card, you know, the Warrens will return at the end of each of these movies. I'd be pumped as I would mm-hmm. be. It's like James with, Bond, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Well, so that that's the thing. Having not seen, going forward now, I've not seen any of the the remaining movies, and I'm okay. so excited. But no future spoilers. I'm pretty interested. Like, are we not getting the Warrens anymore? Because they're so far only in the Conjuring movies. I, it's cool to me that I like. There's still some question marks. There's some lore mm-hmm. that I'm looking forward to to how this whole thing connects. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm. I I like. I think I, I agree with what everyone's saying about how this is basically just the first Conjuring again. Though mm-hmm. I think some of the criticisms we had of that first one, like especially you, Nick, where it was like. This Annabelle stuff feels like they're just putting it in here to kind of like set up Annabelle. Mm-hmm. I felt like this one was a little bit smoother, maybe still too, maybe still 15, 20 minutes too long, but it felt the Valak stuff feel, felt like it tied more directly to what they were dealing with as the primary villain or whatever, sure. right? As opposed to Annabelle, which doesn't have any sort of, doesn't factor in at all to yeah. what they're dealing with in the house, you know? Yeah, I just don't love the way they set it up. It just, it still feels like they're, I, I guess as a, as, a, as a writing, as a plot device, I just expect it to be that, like seeing that scene, being in that scene, which I guess we kind of were, but were, I, I don't Nick, know, for some were. reason it was, yeah, I know, but I, were, I guess for some you reason. Were there, I was there, Valak was there. We were all there. <laughs> um, I just feel like it, it, it just doesn't, um, there's no parody between those two, the two ghosts, right? I just didn't understand why, this ghost had picked these people across the pond to lure Ed and Lorraine there when they could have, I'm like, why would you, why wouldn't you, if you really wanted to kill them, why not make it easier and put it and just haunt someone in your backyard? I think part of like separating them from their daughter, taking them on Mm. unknown terrain. I mean, I can't get into the The, headspace. The conditions, I think the conditions, (laughs) I would say, and this is me defending it because those are valid concerns. Why is, wait, Valak was what? The plan was to go, to England and draw the, but like, I feel like if you had to make excuses, it's that there are certain conditions have to be met. The, the fruit has to be ripe and, and the condition Mm. in that home allowed for something like that to happen. And the demons can kind of view that, right? And Wilkins, the spirit of the old man, he had to be susceptible to Valak as well. There was already a ghost there, ready to ready to get triple ghosted. That could get manipulated. (laughs) Manipulated. There was already this kind of family broken family dynamic. Like there was already a lot going on, and I feel like maybe we are not seeing through the demon vision of everything to see just how far all these variables need to line up for Valak to truly so. Yeah. I guess it's just one of those things where like I, – I guess here's here's what I think when I think about the, the, the two demons. I feel like we should have had a Valak movie before this and then maybe that would set Build up. her up. 
yeah. yeah, build her up because she was she just feels like this. She's supposed to be a lot more important, but the whole movie we're scared of this old man yeah, the whole time, and then get... eventually it's it's kind of just kind of a weird hey gotcha moment at mm-hmm. the end where it's like it's not that it's actually this thing that that we only saw really for five minutes at the beginning of the movie, and then we feel like oh like you could tell someone was like shit you know we should probably have a reminder that this nun this bad nun is there somewhere. So they put in a couple scenes here and there at the, at the Newman's house, but I'm more invested in this poor little girl. That's being like teleported all around her house. Cause that's more fascinating to me and this old man. So I guess, I guess I just needed to be beat over the head with like, with them teasing out that it was the nun. And I just didn't understand that. I was like, why does it, it feels like when we're halfway through this movie that there are two different stories happening completely. Mm-hmm. It's I, not I, until the third act where they all kind of come together. And then it just doesn't feel validating to me once the nun, is, we, it's, it's revealed that the nun is the bad character, like the, the uber demon. I'm like, ah, it's kind of weird. It wasn't really set up and it didn't feel validating. I mean, granted, I still had a blast watching the whole all that shit happen. I'm like, I fucking think it's scary as shit, but whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, and in, in when it comes to like it feeling like very separate, and like that is the similarity to the first movie that I didn't really vibe with in this one, where the nun stuff does seem very kind of just convenient. Where it's like, okay, she kind of is getting it's these like, psych, psychic visions or whatever of the nun, so that's why the nun's related to to them and with them the entire time. If I can chime in, what I've been digging around on the internet is try to find a synopsis of why this happens. And the the one that there's a bunch of theories and whatever there, but the idea out there is that the nun isn't haunting either the Amityville people or the England people. She's actually Mm -hmm. haunting Lorraine. Lorraine. And it's that introduction. And that's why she's doing it and why she puts the thing across the pond to bring him over to kill him on the tree to do the thing. Totally. And that's what I'm saying is like, it just feels really like weirdly convenient and it just kind of, just distracts from the yeah, fact that we have this whole other thing going on. But there's interesting stuff here. So a fact is all scenes featuring the nun were added during reshoots, replacing oh, the original design of a sense. dark demon with horns. This happened because director James Wan wished to expand the story of Lorraine Warren having her faith questioned. Therefore, he designed the demon to resemble a holy icon. The original it's, design can be seen at the end of the climax when the demon is defeated, which is interesting. And like, I don't think that that necessarily changes the plot because it's still the same no, thing. It was but, just the design. But... The the thing that really got me is the nun stuff is the scariest part of the movie in the same way that I think the Annabelle stuff in the last one for some of the times was the the scariest parts of Conjuring 1 because it's like that I believe that that is a scary thing and I want more of it. You're like the painting stuff is so scary, mm-hmm. but it also is the thing that makes me like roll my eyes hardest when I see the when she walks in and the husband's painting something and that already seems awkward. And then it reveals that it's the scariest fucking face I've ever seen. I just it's woke like, up this morning and I wanted to paint it. What are you saying? <laughs> and then, and then he terrifying. hangs it up in his, in just in their room. Like yeah. Yeah. what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. And I guess that's my point, right? Is that that storyline to me, it's just, it's, it's told in a non-traditional way. That should have been the, if she's being haunted by this ghost that is then setting her up, that needed to be the whole movie. Why do I yeah. care about these, this other family? Because Ed and Lorraine are the main characters. Who is the main character of this story? And if you can't answer that right off the bat, to me, sometimes that, that, that makes the story feel like it's disjointed and disconnected from itself. It, and it, it's MCU does this very effectively in that Thanos is always in the background and whatever immediate threat there is, they're building the, um, like, just how insidious Thanos is. Yeah, And then exactly. you get to that. So by the time that you get to a movie like Endgame, it feels more like Thanos' story than it does, you know, any protagonists. And so I do think that it does get a little bit muddled, where it's like, like, Valak could have been building in the background as this supreme threat. 
And then there are all sort of these, you know, whether you, they would be considered minions or just distractions of these, these demons in the foreground. And then finally you build Tavalik. I mean, I guess I like that it's sort of not that traditional. What I'm describing is what we know and might expect. So this does feel mm-hmm. like it deviates a little bit and that makes it a bit interesting. I, I, yeah, if I had to much. guess, and I have no evidence support to support it, but if I had to guess, I would say some of it feels like um, the people who are making this movie had the same conversation we've been having about what horror movies are. Because like, kind of like in the first review, we, we said this movie acknowledges all the tropes, but then it also does them better, right? And so it feels a lot like maybe they had conversations about, okay, well, once you reveal the ghost, the movie becomes considerably less scary. Mm-hmm. So when they were going in to make this, I think part of it maybe was, well, what if the ghost is the one who's being haunted, right? So you get all those, you get the mm-hmm. first wave of fear from the ghost. The old man. But then you find out that ghost is just a placeholder for something even more terrifying. Then you can lure the audience again with some more bait with like, now we don't have to reveal this until the very end or that's something. That's a really like good that. point. Maybe I'm just stupid because like what you just say in that, I'm like, damn, that's actually brilliant. And that totally makes sense. But there was so much going on mm-hmm. that, and there was so, like Nick was saying, there's so many characters that like that doesn't come across as clear yeah. or scare or ramping of scary things. It's kind of mm-hmm. just like once right. the crooked man's introduced, it's like, who the fuck are you? Like, I get that that scare was set up early <laughs> yeah. where it's like with the, the kid having the thing. It's like, okay, there's going to be some scary shit with this. But it's like, there's just a lot going yeah. on. But again, but it goes to the same thing. Like their characters have the scariest moments when the kid uh, has the little fire truck toy. Oh, I fucking hate and scary. It, mm-hmm. it's, that's like the so clap scary. moment of this movie to me. It's like it coming back and you see it coming, but it yeah. still gets you, man. Yeah, but I mean, and again, I think to, to echo those points, right? There is a there is a fine line between clever and cheap, and mm-hmm. sometimes this this starts. It just feels like it's unsupported, and they don't really tie in all that well, um, as far as those two characters are concerned. I would have liked to have seen them see that out. I would have liked to have seen three or four movies from now that the Valet character is in fact the thing that's that's tying all these ghosts to the the mortal realm and torturing these ghosts and pushing that out. But it just felt by the end of it where she had that moment where she just has an epiphany like, hey, if we know this thing's name, then we can we can use that name to force it out of the house. I'm like, what? Wait, hold on. Hold, hold, hold. Let's back up. How do we know this? I didn't go to a spook class back in the day. Like mm-hmm. I, I guess I slept through Hauntings 101. Conjuring one, a, bro. Conjuring one. Thing? They talked about this. Yeah. Did they? Yeah, Bathsheba. Bathsheba, I condemn you to hell. Is that, that how they part of Bathsheba's name? Wasn't it like the property records or some shit? I forget. <laughs> well, in this one, she just writes that. She just is, I guess, writes that out of the Bible, and like that's, I guess, okay. So I, maybe that was just my me not paying attention close enough to the Conjuring one, but well, I, so, I thought so, that was a kind of a big plot point that they just kind of glossed over. And then she goes, "Oh, wait a minute, I do know her name," and then thinks to carry her Bible, which was completely destroyed. With her again, which I guess she always got her Bible with you, her. Though. Did you guys notice during that whole sequence that that she like wakes up and then like when she goes, she's like, "Where's my daughter?" And she's going looking for her. That it spells Valak in the in, in the, blocks, on the bookshelf. Valak's everywhere. No, I I didn't. I for, obviously when you, I watched the movie the first time in theaters, yeah. I didn't know to be on the lookout for it. But this time around, it's on the bookshelf. It's on the friendship bracelet. When they mm-hmm. go into the kitchen to sit and sit around the table, it's on the wall behind them. It's over yeah. on the on the side of the counter too. Man, I suck at this. I didn't see any of those. Was this your first time seeing it, Nick? This is my first time seeing it. Yeah, yeah but you wouldn't know to look for it. Why would you think Valak's mm-hmm. important yeah. looking well, around their house? What's What's funny is the first time I watched uh, it, I, I, I didn't catch. 
I would imagine if Valak was important to screen, I would do a better job of getting that across. But you're right. I should, I should have to watch a movie three times before I figure out that <laughs> Valak was everywhere. But uh, the first time I watched it, I didn't catch the the other two. But the, when it's on the bookshelf, I remember seeing it because it's so prominent. And I remember looking and being like, why the hell would they – like their names are so clearly mm-hmm. Ed and Lorraine. Like anything we know about them, <laughs> the letter V is just not – involved yeah. right yeah. so i remember looking and be like what i don't understand what that is and later in the movie when it's revealed i was like whoa that's crazy that it's the random thing on the bookshelf mm-hmm. but that's one of those things where uh, it's kind of like all right is that cool no it's that's, not cool what are, why so, would they have a v and a they have good spirits around them trying to show right they're they're instruments of god these are their guardian <laughs> angels dumb what well, uh, none of their names start with a v <laughs> Here's what here's here's I agree with Nick because this is the kind of thing that a really great director does, which is reading the script and finding points where they can inject more into it, but it's not in the script necessarily. Like they I feel like some of that stuff isn't seated in the script. So if you're thinking about it, yeah, there's no way you're ever gonna notice that you should be looking for that stuff on the way through because you don't even know that there's clues out there you, no one's told you mm. there's a mystery right i agree with greg you have the whole alphabet you don't pick and choose the letters you, ha- you have them all <laughs> that's why they have the v Where thank you, you thank you letters. they have two a's though <laughs> they have two <laughs> a's do they have two of every letter the blocks are multi-sided with different letters, James. Things up. i think i think you're making these things up <laughs> yeah i just feel like th- this was an attempt to be clever and this was an attempt to 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 add depth that was just superficial greg it's to put detailed. it in cooking terms it's like no. wow this is, there's not enough uh garlic in this let's just put some garlic on top of the spaghetti before it goes got, out when you needed to really get that into the you know the gravy right before, you know, i hear you i feel you on that i can maybe their daughter is an instrument of god though she's making the friend, friendship bracelets I feel like, she's no, got but the I alphabet like, blocks i mean i guess the what, what, what where, out, i'm now i'm gonna look at the friendship why would bracelet. they have a v there's not a v in their names makes no sense well, why I would think you have it does. the letters there? What what possible? Yeah, because this is what like, I, when I watch J&E, when I watch a movie from writing standpoint, I go, what was yeah. the what was the motivation of someone putting those letters out? Like when you're a production designer, you go, why would this? You have to ask yourself, why would these letters be there? A production designer one on why would they be there? They're in the background. What a character had to have at some point, if you're doing your job right as a production designer, have a motivation to put these letters up somewhere. And then Can if I were the director, I'd be like, why is there a V? The child is an instrument of God. She was being moved to do that. She doesn't understand why she does it. She's she just does it. She loves She loves Before we, before we rip each other no apart, can we confirm that the V letter appears on the bookshelf I can see it. I'm before, looking at it. before Lorraine wakes up in the dream sequence Interesting. where she has a confrontation with Val? So here's, here's what I have from the, the trivia about the Valak situation. The name of the demon Valak is shown in the Warren house in three locations and appears five times throughout the movie. The first is along the kitchen window in colorful cutout letters right before, right behind Ed Warren. The second is along the edge of the wood kitchen counter in raised letters. They're just to the right of Lorraine when she's at the breakfast table with Ed. Yeah, see you here. see them again when she's standing at the sink. The third location is in the family room where Lorraine and her daughter are sitting. In the bookcase are large wooden letters staggered on two shelves. They also appear on the bracelet Judy is making. They appear both during Lorraine's dream and afterwards. This does not say anything about before. So that is interesting. Because I'm looking at the photo in the kitchen, and it's the V from love, right? Right, that makes sense. 
And then it says Alec for some reason. In the wood crane. <laughs> In the wood crane. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Doesn't make any Don't sense. Don't you guys write Alec on your? It's an old. It's an old Irish <laughs> oh, tradition. Greg, I mean, I'll tell you what, yeah. uh, I've said it before. Like I said again. I Alec you. I Alec did, you so hard. Did Jake and Elwood Blues brother ever have a rhyme or reason? They were just on a mission from God. From God. Exactly. I, I get it. I get Judy. it. That was not a very well written movie either, but it's okay. Two thousand. Oh, <laughs> 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 I, I mean, it does obviously all this stuff. These are just kind of tropey things, but these are just the kind of stuff that, like, a I didn't notice, and b I just wish they had set up the valid character a little bit more because I think it would have been more validating. Having said all that, validating. I think where this movie really, really does. Thank you, James. Um, so I missed that point, James. What was that? Don't say Nothing. Anything. No one missed anything. Fair point. It was a pun. <laughs> okay. Uh, where I think this movie really does excel, though, is that it's fun to watch and it's scary as shit. And there are moments where legitimately I'm like, wow, I'm terrified for this kid or this young – any of the children that are – even the mom in the house when she has to go down to the water. I'm like, don't go in the water. What are you doing? Why are you going in the water? That's the stupidest thing. <laughs> yeah. And that's all that you really have to – you really have that- to do. Can we talk about that? Is that a normal thing? I've no. never owned property in London, but is that well, a thing? Where I, I don't you want go? you to go in the basement. It's gross down there. No, I'll go down there. Well, there are four feet of standing water. There. Well, that's totally normal. I'm sure it's not Checked problem. out, or is this just normal? We I talk mean, about- also. It was the, the 60s, right? And they were poor. And, and there was and more honestly, water back then. There are lots of places where people in the 50s and 60s still had like dirt floors in their basements. You that know? Dirt sure. floor is fine. Maybe you're not going to convert it. But I feel like that's bad for a house. It was 1977. The Conjuring would, 2. That would erode the foundation of the house. Oh yeah, here's, God, here's, forget everything I said. <laughs> <laughs> here's who I think the real villain of this whole thing is. Can I tell you guys who the real bad guy is? Sure. The neighbors next door who are doing nothing to help this family out. If I walked in and was like, you have a flood what? in your basement, I would tell my husband to go over there and at least take a look at the fucking thing. Go down there and take a look at the pipe, honey. Can you figure it out? I'm like, I don't know about plumbing. But they like allowed this scary ass family to stay with them. Like they're well, the they best neighbors of all time. Then they kicked them out eventually, though. They were like, yeah, because this shit. you got to go. Because it's the scariest go. fucking thing ever. I, like, well, hell no, I, I wouldn't deal with these people for a second. Here's here, here's what <laughs> I like. Here, I'll tell you what I really like about this movie. There's an incident. Creepy stuff starts happening. Mm-hmm. They call the police. The police show up, and <laughs> then the ghost is like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna scare the police too." And the cops are like, <laughs> "Cops are like, there's a ghost in this house." We will, we will, if anyone asks, we will tell you 100% that there is a ghost in this house. It's like yeah. no questions asked. I really like, cause any other movie, any yep. other movie, yep. it's, it's, we didn't see anything or whatever, but no nope, yeah. chair moves across the table and they're like, this place is haunted. We gotta go. <laughs> and that's something that I appreciate about the, the Conjuring movies and the James Wan movies specifically is they do a really good job. And while some of it is a little bit like, like too, too foreshadowed, like, this anytime you see something you know it's going to scare you later like when you see the basement you're like something scary is going to happen there when you see the little dog bell you're like something scary is going to happen there when you see the little tent in the hallway like they do a really good job of setting up all of these different moments that you never know when they're going to shoot off but you know at some point they're going to scare you and Mm -hmm. i'd say more often than not they deliver on those scares and that is the sign of a successful horror movie is you see it coming and it still gets Mm -hmm. you you know for sure I think I think also like um, I mean, the movie does suffer from having way too many things in it. Namely, for whatever reason, um, uh, what is her name? Uh, not Famke Patinkin. Fan, uh, the girl Vera from Farmiga. Uh, Famke Jansen. No, the woman. Francis O'Connor. No, we're off. We're at the fucking reservation. The woman who's the skeptic who says no, she was in the oh. born identity, and I forget her name, but it's something oh. like something like Famke Jansen. So anyway, Maria Doyle Kennedy. 
Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Oh, here it is. Uh, Frank, uh, Frank Potenkin. Yeah, Potenkin. Yes, uh, thank you. Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> that character, I was like, why? I was like, why are these characters in this? We've it's, already seen police I think, officers be I think scared those by are this. Also, why is she still? These are I think real those are people. Also, real life. These are real people. People. So that too. was kind of a cool thing that I was doing while I was watching okay. the movie, which is the first time I watched it. I was like, come on, what? What's they're basing this? Like, how? What is this? A Coen Brothers film where you just put based on a true story at the beginning? And after I saw the the. Conjuring 2 the first time, I actually started looking into the Enfield haunting. So while we were watching it this time, I had that article open and I was reading stuff while that was happening. And it's really cool. Like, part of it does seem like they said, okay, if we're going to put it based on a true story, we're going to at least... It's not going to be starting point and then we go wherever we want to. Like, there were a lot of stuff, that whole interview where Mm -hmm. they're, like, sitting on the couch and the girl's doing, like, creepy voice. Like, you can hear... I, you can hear the audio from that. Like you can go in the credits, to, right? To the actual, yeah, audio, and then there's like other stuff on the wiki which has like yeah, the YouTube, the and- the interview that they do, like the whole piece mm-hmm. where the guy, the the reporter comes and interviews the cops and interviews the other thing. That is up on YouTube still. That you yeah. can go yeah, watch the entire piece you did that has all this stuff mm-hmm. in it. I'm not sure if it's this or another paranormal event I'm thinking of, but I'm pretty sure that I think it was this that it aired as a televised special. And people got so scared watching from home that it was like never aired again. Or maybe I'm- no. This is a different. That's a different one that I, I know about else? and have watched as well. Okay. Yeah, that was yeah. a fake one that they showed oh, was fake, yes. but they they acted like it was real and everybody. Yeah, lost and people mind. got super scared and they were mm-hmm. freaking. Yeah, out. yeah. So now, real quick, while we're talking about real life about this, I'm sorry, while we're talking about real life about this. I do want everybody to understand that IGN.com's Simon Cardi is from Enfield, so he oh. could be a ghost oh. and or a demon. We're not sure. Oh, oh, oh wow. Cool. Could be a ghost. Uh, the some more real life <laughs> stuff here is I really appreciate both Conjuring One and this in the credits having all the pictures of the real people and mm-hmm. kind of like the the sound bites and all that stuff. Uh, but some have claimed that the real Janet Hodgkins is a gifted ventriloquist or has the power to manipulate voices, and she admitted to faking some of the events. Mm-hmm. She revealed that around two percent of the haunting was phony during an interview with the Telegraph. Two percent, two percent margin. Like, There's a two the percent the error in every haunting. No, I don't know. <laughs> it's <laughs> weird. Yeah, yeah Barrett, I mean, right now I'm tossing into Slack to you the YouTube video that is like the from the BBC of that like that thing that they then take and make into yeah. the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think the re- I think the reality aspect does add more than it detracts, but I definitely think also this is a movie, right? At no point do I think any of this stuff really happened mm-hmm. the way it is happening. Um, but I do think to James's point, like earlier, I thought it was so. I thought it was actually so refreshing when they when the cops walk in and they get scared too and they yeah. walk out. And at that point, I was like, oh man, okay, no one's gonna doubt this because two literal police officers are like, no, no, no we saw it. So yeah, if yeah. the ghost isn't scared, if the ghost isn't too afraid to scare two cops, why would it be afraid to scare mm-hmm. these people who want to see it at all? And so that was. Yeah, I also, I, hold on though, Nick. I love, I love that you're like if the ghosts aren't, you know, afraid to scare cops. As if ghosts, <laughs> as if cops mean anything to ghosts. Why? So they're like, we have to, we need to. Pr-. They they sit the daughter down in that chair, which, for the love of God, take the wallpaper off the wall. I know. Oh, yeah. It's like burned. There's like a there's like but human hair the in the way, wallpaper. That's how the house was in the first one, where the walls were just so decrepit mm-hmm. and melting, just, and it's part of the atmosphere. New kind like of a paint. Little, that's the just best cure for a ghost. Anyway, my point is like it, it just felt a little bit weird at the end of, where in, in the midpoint where Ed and Lorraine come and he's like, well, we need to talk to you about proving that you are real. Why would the ghost not be like, OK, cool. And then all of them fucking levitate because we've already seen that mm-hmm. this ghost is not does not give a shit about 
who uh, he exposes himself to, right? Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't care. So why would there even be? But isn't the ghost fucking with Ed and Lorraine? Like, I mean, we have the whole thing of, uh, you know, Ed and Lorraine still, although it's only one scene wrestling on that talk show with being called liars, right? And that Amityville was fake. I think that if they then want to take time off or what, you know, cool down or whatever, they come here, uh, you get here and they can't prove this one's real, even though they want to believe they know it. Lorraine doesn't trust in herself, right? They're the goat. Uh, Valak is wearing her down on that. Again, she's trying to torture Lorraine. She's giving her this vision that Ed's going to die. Yeah, that, I guess I, so I get that. But to me, even just watching this movie, I just don't feel like Ed and Lorraine are the main characters of it. I feel like it's the little girl who's being haunted. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. because we spend so much time with her during the whole movie that it just kind of was like a little bit weird that they kind of switched over the narrative and the perspective to them. I think that's, again, that's to me just the story, a little bit of the fault of the storyteller um, mm-hmm. in doing that. Like it should have, we should have just been with them the whole time and then discovered this house through their eyes. But we've already seen, we as the audience clearly know that this girl's being um, haunted. So why introduce this element of, of doubt into it, which I guess then comes into play later where she's like, it made me do the thing. But I'm like, I don't know. It just, it, a lot of it feels like um, the story's told a little bit out of order in that I, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we've already seen this, these poor, this poor family be tortured for like 20 minutes of the screen time before the, the Newman's is it Newman, not Newman. Newman. Lorraine Newman is from Saturday Night Live. Warren. Thank you. I keep wanting, I keep saying Lorraine Newman and my yeah. wife's like, that's not the right word. <laughs> Those aren't the right two words together. Um, again, these are minor criticisms. I still had a hell of a lot of fun watching this movie. Yeah, it's but I mean, just that means why you, you pick it apart or whatever. Yeah. Out here, Barrett's throwing up right now. You can see the, these are the neighbors, I believe, across the way. You click through, like, you can see the cops in it and, like, the, who the reporter was mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, you just jump around. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. The the scene where the girl is caught, uh, kind of phoning it all, where she's like yeah. just messing up. She's the room throwing and stuff. the papers. Yeah, it's it, plates, plates. I, I loved. I really loved that because it's like it it got me where I was just like, what is she doing? Like, why would she do this? And like the reveal of them leaving and her kind of like breaking down, being like, I had to do it. Like the, the so they're gonna kill it's everyone. To kill it's, you just all, like, it's just like it's just again, it's a sign of like the the story won me over. Where like mm-hmm. it 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 beat me where I'm like. Oh shit! You got me. I, I didn't see that coming, and I was like, "Why would she do this?" And that's a perfect explanation for all of it to work. And I love that that then turns this movie into a. I didn't expect the Conjuring to have a get hype moment, but when Ed is like, "I'm fucking sacrificing myself," we know he's gonna yeah, die, yeah. but he's like, "I'm doing it anyways." I'm yeah. like, you don't need to be an action star yeah. right now. Someone's gonna <laughs> drain this basement, <laughs> and he runs down there. I'm curious how you all feel because. There are moments like Ed playing the guitar, oh, and God. it's very obvious that they're that they're mm-hmm. selling a love story. Do you between. love Ed? Yeah, they're, hey, well, they're Ed. selling. Yeah, I, and the thing is, I feel like under any other circumstance, I would hate that. I would hate that they're trying to shovel this love story between them down our throats. But I just really like them so much that it's kind of nice. It's kind of a nice moment of levity, and, and I, I like that, Patrick Wilson so much. Uh, Ed and Marie, like Patrick and Vera, man, I really dig their chemistry. Like, I really like them as a couple. And I think that that is the, you know, Tim's talking about how they play through the rest of the con, the cuckoo, sorry. Uh, you know, I, it, no spoilers, but I wish we even had more of them. Like, I wish mm-hmm. there was more of them because I do like them so much. And I think even here where it is that, okay, cool. It's another family with way too many fucking kids and they're haunted. It's like, <laughs> that's what they're, I feel like the family is so interchangeable. The kids are so interchangeable, but Ed and Lorraine are so great in it. And I think, again, like, it is that idea that in Conjuring 1, they were, 
hook, line, and sinker in, right? And so to, they want them to play this way. They're like, they want to believe, but they can't believe it, and their hearts are broken when they get this video of the girl breaking the stuff. I'm not saying it makes perfect sense or anything. I think it's just trying to give you another haunting, but not have it be as exactly the same as we, even us, we're making it out to be, I think. for was I, the only, was I the only one who was like, hey, cool, thanks for that song. Now, could you solve this fucking haunting hey nick haunting us what if they're trying to show us that they're not just about the ghost they're also compassionate people i just feel like if i hadn't slept in 45 days because every time i was waking up in the living hell i'd be like fuck elvis he needs the music man they stole the music they literally stole the music i think i think that Patrick Wilson should be allowed to audition for other films in the films that he's in. And I would I, like, I feel like he should be allowed to audition for an Elvis biopic while yeah. he's making another movie. I don't see why um, not. But this is to me, this is the extension because even conjuring one has that whole, we discussed it where he's like, you know, just saw your car had a flat tire. So I decided to change the manifold on it. Like he's like, I yeah. picked up some old, like he like, <laughs> kind of like rolls up. He likes to roll up his sleeves. Cause he doesn't have magic. He's a good powers. Man. He doesn't have magic power but his like but, power is like he's the rock right well because they're also um, not seeking to con people like they're not the yeah. people who go this house that's oh, yeah, exactly what a con artist would and, do and, and, but i think i think the he, he it's like she will heal the ghost he, he will, will heal the family and so i found this to be that kind of like that's the <laughs> parallel moment go. for this you know <laughs> Yeah. I get what I get what they were going for, but it just seems like he gets oddly familiar a little too quickly with all these families to the point yeah. where if I were the mom, I'd pull him aside and be like, "Have you read? Have you heard of the word boundary? Could we have a boundary? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could you just could, you're like you're I a want fucking you complete Also, have you seen the state of the wall behind mm-hmm. the chair? If yeah, you're okay. gonna help, start Thanks. there. Peel the Thanks. burnt skin <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> like, put, a, put some paint on it. You know. Some- Something that that always rests heavy on me in these situations is sure. when the little girl is speaking in tongues and her voice sounds like she's been chain smoking and drinking raw eggs and mm-hmm. uh, vodka for thirty five years, and she does this voice, and then everyone says maybe she's faking it. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, how could her vocal cords have made those sounds? It, it, she had always... water in her mouth, but she might have spit it out when you weren't yeah. paying attention, and none of us heard it, and then she put more water in her mouth. That that is always such a pain point for me. In the, where I'm like I'm like I don't know that any human could make those noises, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're speculating that a little girl can make. Well, them. you got to watch the actual clip from the interview because. Also curious how everyone felt about and it, now seeing it a few years later. The Crooked Man, great in concept, but mm. of course that CG. Did not age. Doesn't age great. You know what's weird about it is, again, this was the last one I actually saw in theaters. And I remember even when it happened, feeling a little off-put by the CG. I do think it misses the mark. I don't think that it's bad CG. I think it's how they intended it to look. I just think – because it's kind of off-putting. It feels like frames are missing. Well – it feels so when it first pops and the dog transform like that's really cool like the silhouetted like yeah. playing with your perspective kind of thing i think part of it is he kind of does like a like it's me the crooked man like like that and i'm like that's something jack skellington would do yeah. you know like right before he sang to me when it um, happened i'm right there with you when it happened in this movie i was like wait was this 3d like were they, were they trying oh, yeah. to do like an imax 3d thing and i was like wait mm-hmm. no that's awesome 
So I, it, it has a little presentation issues for sure. Yeah. But I think the, the, the sad thing about that is that I think some of the other effects that they do either practically or a little bit more subtle really work. The, yes. the, the uh, Zotrope or whatever the, the machine is that where it's going around and you see the Crooked mm-hmm. Man and then when he disappears, mm-hmm. you're like, fuck, where oh, yeah. did he go? Where is he? <laughs> that works for me. And then obviously just the simple tried and true use of silence that he does in these, mm-hmm. in these movies is so well done. When, he, mm-hmm. when the kid, when the fire truck thing goes in there and then it goes mm-hmm. dead quiet, and you're yeah. like, that fucking thing is going to come back out. Tim, I know it's coming back yeah, out. Man. And, and then you hear it again. You don't see it. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. maybe it's not going to come back. And then it comes back out. At that point, I'd kick it, jump out the window. Yeah. I'm done. And it takes a little bit, takes a little bit longer than you expect it to come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fire truck. Uh, it yeah. should have been Doug Jones, the crooked man. I, I said it. It's brave. <laughs> wow. Um, what a brave <laughs> statement. But the use, the use of silence, you're right, Nick. It's like that's what makes this so so good. And like even the, the first movie had such great use of just staying on a shot. Mm-hmm. And like a little uncomfortably long before it went away. And it's like that alone is scary. And it's like mm-hmm. nothing happened, but it's just scary. And we, we have a moment in this one where like that happens in the room. And they, when they put up all the crosses, the imagery is just so good. And they make mm-hmm. such good use of it. When the crosses all turn upside down, that's scary. And it's like that's it a is. perfect example of something that shouldn't be. It's so mm-hmm. easy. It's so obvious. But then seeing it, it's unsettling. It's like, mm-hmm. damn, like. These guys are fucked. And that's the other thing is like the Conjuring movies continue to go on. They're not fucked. <laughs> the casualty rate is so low. <laughs> Does anyone die in this? No. Yeah. No. I don't think anyone, did anyone die in the first one? No. Is the only yeah. casualty, I guess. I mean, yeah, the Annabelle had a lot of unnecessary yeah. casualties. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Well, the Annabelle movies, I think, I, I just don't think they're as well done as these. Um, yeah. And I don't but think there's a lot of well done horror movies, ladies Ooh. and gentlemen, that you can watch using HBO Max. As we all know, Halloween is going to look a little different this year. I'm so sorry to Blessing, whose favorite, favorite Halloween or favorite holiday is Halloween. Uh, but as we continue to adhere to social distancing guidelines, you can still keep the Halloween spirit alive. We've partnered with HBO Max this Halloween season to bring you a whole bunch of very cool stuff. HBO Max has so many classic Halloween films now streaming, like The Haunting, Night of the Living Dead, and The Curse of Frankenstein. But also, they got a lot of new really cool stuff, like The Invisible Man, which I really loved that came out earlier this year. Us, Ready or Not, or It Chapter 2, which we were talking about earlier. HBO Max has so many Halloween films now streaming from bone-chilling scares to family favorite moments. HBO Max's Fast Library is here to serve up some jumps, screams, and fun. Check it out at bit.ly slash HBO Max kinda. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash HBO Max kinda. Bit.ly dot com slash HBO Max kind of. And also shout out to Upstart. During these economically turbulent times, everyone is looking for a way to feel more financially secure. So if you're still needlessly throwing money every month at high interest credit card debt, it's time you checked out Upstart, the revolutionary online lending platform that knows you're more than just a credit score. Now's the time to find out how low your Upstart rate can be to help pay off high interest credit card debt. Unlike other lenders, Upstart can reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate. Uh, One of my really good friends has been having a lot of credit issues. Upstart allowed him to consolidate all of it into just one payment a month, and he has now conquered all of that because it was so easy. Upstart makes it fast and simple to check your rate. Since it's just a soft pull, it won't affect your credit score. 
Uh, over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. You can see why Upstart has a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot. And hurry to upstart.com slash morning to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash morning. Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. One more time, upstart.com slash morning. Before we get back into us talking about this, uh, I don't know where Andy is. He was supposed to be on the show. Hey, he missed another say. episode? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's getting a little bit ridiculous now. Could this, have a hard time Could this be catching up. maybe he gets, you know, reprimanded for this? Is this the one where you guys are finally going to crack the whip on Andy? I don't know, Greg. What do you think? You're his boss. Am I his boss? I thought Nick Fuck, was am his, I his boss. boss? Yeah, Nick, I who's, who I is it? Well, I was under the impression I thought it was that... like Tim and then everyone and then like Nick and, then and below Andy. everyone is Nick and then be- um, below that what, is Andy. What are we talking about as far as like you who's Andy's, Andy's boss? Yeah. Who's Andy's boss? Yeah. I don't think Andy has a boss. I'm not even sure Andy does work here anymore. Is Andy our boss? Probably. Oh, Undercover boss. Oh, wow. Fair, places type. Fair, can you can you play Andy's video to see if we uh, can oh, get an God, update on the situation? Video. Like, it's pathetic. Hey, and review crew. It's me, Andy, from Kind of Funny. Wish I could be there with you all reviewing uh, The Conjuring 2, but I'm, I was, I'm at Burning Man right now. Uh, so I can't be there for the review, but I did end up watching the movie. I did watch The Conjuring 2. Uh, what, a, what a good, scary movie. Uh, one of my favorite entries in the franchise. I had a blast watching it. Uh, just, just a fun spook fest, you know. Uh, some of my favorite parts in the movie... Well, Janet and Camelia play Ouija, um, which is one of those cool, scary games from back in your childhood. Uh, And I think one of the scarier parts is just how Ouija is spelled. Nick, Nick Scarpino, try to spell Ouija for me. You, you you can't do it, right? See you next week, everybody. Her name's Camilla. He called her Camelia. He brings up an actual good point, though. I will say this. Ouija board. Dumb spelling. Oh, yeah. Well, Ouija is a dumb spelling, and I, I couldn't tell you because I don't know how to spell it. But I assumed, okay, you've got a Ouija board, right? What does a Ouija board do? It, 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 is, a, it is a porthole to spirits that allows you to spell shit out. What do we need to know? We need to know the name of a ghost <laughs> in order to take. So I was, I, at some point, I thought someone was going to be like, hey, how did this whole thing start? Valid. Oh, am I. <laughs> Me and my sister were playing Ouija. Oh, shit. Go get the Ouija board because that's what started this whole thing. That's what opened up the portal to begin with. They paste the thing back together. And Ed, Ed's like, oh, anyway. And then it goes V-A-L-L. And it's like, ends. The fucking roof blows off. And You do have a good point there. But then that never comes back. It's a setup. It's a setup moment that just never comes back. I saw it as kind of a... Because like we were talking in the first Conjuring, feels very much like Poltergeist. Like they took a lot of reference and and beats from Poltergeist. But this one feels like there's taking more from The Exorcist. And in The Exorcist, it all gets kicked off with a Ouija board, right? Mm -hmm. And so part of me felt like maybe it was an homage type thing. I mean, I don't know. Ouija boards are just scary in general. Maybe, but I think that they did such a good job in the first one of saying, hey, there are these relics that get imbued Mm -hmm. with these, like, demonic spirits. And I thought they they set it up. There was two beats with the Ouija board, right? There's the one where the kids Mm -hmm. play it. 
And then we see it again under the bed. And then mom's like, did you guys play with that Ouija board? So I'm like, okay, I'm an 80s kid. They've mentioned it three times. Yeah. Clearly, this is the thing that's going to come back in the, the third Ouija act. board in the first mm-hmm. act, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Is, and it just never comes back. It's it's really interesting, too. That's something I, I was going to bring up later. But like my one of the funniest parts about this movie is that in the first one, they establish, yeah, there's a relic that has energy, dark energy. And that's generally the dark energy that allows these things. It gives them power or whatever. And at the end of this movie, the thing Ed takes is the zoetrope of the the crooked man. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, I think he just takes the things that he like. That's his payment. This is like, cool. Yeah, it's like, it's like this is cool. Yeah. I've never seen one of these before. Take a chair. He just grabs it because I don't feel like that that artifact was ever like really considered the catalyst not, or, or anything and, and yeah. not in a way that the warrens would know and not yeah. unless there's some off-screen he just he just stubbed his toe on it when he went upstairs one time <laughs> After so uh, but again to, to elise's point not any more or less than the fire truck or any of the other the, the jump mm-hmm. rope or any of the other things that we've seen that are in this yeah. ha- or the chair how about, or the, how about the dentures ed finds in the water you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. Gets bit. he's like oh it matches <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have two two questions for you guys uh one question is do any of you think you can spell Ouija? Yeah. Yeah, great yeah, kid because so. he's a f- freaking genius. I think I can. It's, it's U-I-J-I? No. Isn't How it do we Q-U-I-G-I? No. no. It's O-U-I-G-I? O-U. O-U-J-I-A? Is that it? Yeah. Elise is that it? it? No. Is it O-U-I-J-I-A? Yep. Elise is the winner. Elise is the winner. There we go. My second question for you guys is, do you guys think Andy's lying? Yeah. No, I don't think he watched these movies. Okay. Like, do, so? do you think do you think he went to Burning Man? Well, I mean, he, he no. hasn't yeah. been in the yes, apartment like all week, so I, I, I would assume. Well, because well, I'm like, it, I, I'm at Burning Man. I'm at BurningMan.org right now, mm-hmm. and uh, it's saying please visit us during Burn Week, which was uh, August 30th to September 6th. So he might still be there. Though. That was a while ago. Might still that be was there. a while ago. Um, but I do want to read the the web page for Burning Man 2020. In 2020, Burning Man will take place in the multiverse. During a time when many are unable to gather in person, something truly wondrous has emerged. Dozens of imaginative universe creators built All an right. ever-expanding virtual Burning Man All multiverse. Right. Hold on. They're eight universes of virtual temples and a globally distributed man burn. <laughs> I would say by that logic, though, Andy could have got it gone to Burning Man. It, it just he didn't might be lost reach in the his dimension yeah, yeah. or universe until yeah. a different time. So. Yeah, man. We're getting crazy here. I, crazy. I, I just, I was this. kind of thrown off at how he pronounced he pronounced the name Camilla wrong. Yeah, he called her Camille, Camellia. He's not that smart. Um, a shout out to when uh, what's her name, <laughs> Janet, uh, puts herself inside the wall, like around like the pipes and the fuse box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> holy yeah. shit! Yeah. Well, what's funny scary. is but again, I didn't like that moment. Here's why: because they're like, "Holy shit! There's no way she possibly could have gotten herself in that." And then Ed just reaches in and pulls her out real easy. He's like, "Come here!" And then, but they like cut away because they're like, well, "It's, it's clearly show. fake." <laughs> yeah, totally fake. Horror movie we watched a couple months ago, where it's like the mother and the daughter. And if you bring up Insidious out, again, Elise, I swear walls. to God. No. Oh yeah, La Llorena. It also had to do with people getting inside of walls. It was really depressing and all one big metaphor for dementia and Alzheimer's. It's really terrible. Oh! I know the one you're talking about. 
where the yeah, house, where the mom the mom has Alzheimer's, right? It's She's about the losing house, it. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It's about the it's, the title is is centered on the house. I think you right? might be thinking of the lodge, which is a different movie the that we lodge. watched. Does it have a Sinbad in it? The comedian, <laughs> the taking of Deborah Logan. No, not the movie no, I'm thinking of. That's what I'm thinking Logan. of. Logan, Nick, how many Sinbad movies have you seen? One, I think just there was the one he was in where he was in a house. Wasn't well, he in a house? Seen, no, you would have seen. Um, uh, oh my god, the Christmas. Uh, Jingle all the way. Jingle all the way. Oh yeah, I've seen Jingle all the way. I just, Jingle all the way was just one of those movies that I think everyone loved, but me. I was like, cool. Arnold Schwarzenegger is trying to revitalize his career as a comedian. He knocked it out of the park in Kindergarten Cop. Stop. You're never going to get better than that. And Nick, if you want better than that, you go Twins. Okay. Nick, how mad would you be if I told you that like Jingle All the Way is my Arnold? Like that. That's where I like first was introduced to Arnold. I love Jingle it. All the Way. I, I hate it. it. It's fantastic. We're getting Jingle all the way. As a, I'll say it every single time it comes up. It's it's one of the smartest films ever made. It's the story of a uh, upper middle class white man mm-hmm. and a working class black man who have the exact same wants, which is to get their son something for Christmas. Turbo okay. man. They both pursue that want to the exact same extent. And at the mm-hmm. end of the movie, the black man goes to jail and the white man is held up on, by the community on their shoulders as a hero. Just so you know, the, mo- my, the movie was smarter my, than it had any right to be. Damn, my brother that was deep, James. Theaters. Mm-hmm. My parents took us. And I don't remember why, but my brother cried during the movie. Yeah. Mm. And it was like Seems like a him problem. Cops, probably. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, probably, How's, probably. Oh my God, I fucking, I, this would have been such a funnier joke. Tim, can I do a, a take, a, a do-over? Can yep. you ask me Rewind, many, let's go. Can you ask me about Sinbad movies? How many Sinbad <laughs> movies I've seen? I'll ask you, how many Sinbad movies have you seen? Only one, House Guest. Boom. That's where the connect is with Sinbad and a movie about a house, Elise. What? Sorry. The movie we saw was called Relic. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't worth it. Greg's at the end of a long week and it's only Tuesday. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So Greg, what, what bits do we have here? We got the the, the scariest beastie. Or oh, whatever the hit the song. Seven syllables. No, the other one, the other one, the other one, the other one, the other one. That is the moment. About the what? The song about the scariest moment. Is that a Bagu in review? Yeah. Bagu. <laughs> I don't know. I What's up, everybody? Song. Welcome to the podcast within a podcast within a podcast. We have two podcasts within a podcast in what we call Ragu Cuckoo, where we go rad guys <laughs> in the Conjuring the Cinematic Universe. At Nick Scarpino, what you got to say before this roller coaster goes up your anus? Elise, I don't. Well, first off, have fun up there. Second off, Elise, I don't want you to feel bad because I've done hundreds if not thousands of hours of in review with greg and i had no fucking idea what he was talking about just now <laughs> from now on no i have no idea which song he i want it clear there was no song for this yeah, batman, batman in review there's just a million segment podcasts within the podcast now so i just call out to andy may do the song and he just does whatever and sometimes not talented but a liar i will say it is funny i've only i've only had the pleasure of doing a handful of these with you guys thus far only only a few short hours but I'd never know whether or not something is truly a reoccurring seated bit segment or if it's just Greg saying, now give it to me. Like, like, I, I have observed Miller. about equal, equal of both in, in yeah. what I watch from you guys and what I've also participated in. It's like 50, a 50-50 shot whether or not Greg's going to go, yeah. all right, so hit me with it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be something that is 
that does exist or something that has to be made up on the spot. And it feels good it, to laugh again, so I'm laugh. here for it. <laughs> <laughs> we have two segments. We have best scare, and then we have best beastie. So right now we have best scare. Now the best scare, remember, are unranked. This is not, we don't have to argue mm. with each other. Right now we have on here, again, unranked, but the first one we have for The Conjuring is the fucking clap, and then number two, the girl to crazy woman in the doorway of Annabelle. What is the best scare in Conjuring 2? Hmm. I have my thoughts because I remember as I was watching it, I sure. was trying to keep an eye out for something I could bring to the table. I, sure. did, I don't know if any of them stand up to either of those two moments, but we're not comparing. So I'll just say I, I did think it was pretty scary, the scene where he's like, get out of my house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's like everything seems there's definitely a ghost, whatever. And then it just goes from silence to get out of my house. Shouting at a little girl. I mean, for me, it's the nun. Which um, part, though? That's my thing, too. I enjoy the entire... Yeah, exactly. The painting. The I painting. think that's mine, too. Where, that's like, terrifying. for it to be that the nun uh, infiltrates the Warren's house and the daughter sees it and she's like, Mom, mm-hmm. who is that? And you turn and it's just the nun at the end of the hallway and then she turns into their room and then you go in there and you trace around and then, yeah, pff, runs at her with the painting. Be honest with you, I love that daughter. I would be immediately file for emancipation. I feel like <laughs> she wasn't there. I can't, that was up. a dream that they were forcing Lorraine to have. The daughter did not see. The no future spoilers. Nick, have you seen any more from her? No, I have not seen any. I haven't seen any of this series at all. Okay, but I just know that if I were the neighbor, I'd be like, "We need to take that kid away from this house because this is an abusive place to be." He, Dad's got a weird relic room that that's never locked. You can just go right into it and touch all these things. Put your on it. They're also never around. And they're um, never around. They're always gone. This poor kid is just being abused. Uh, right. I will say that I love that scene with the painting, though. I thought I was because they did it. The blocking was so good. They put the light right by the painting. So mm-hmm. every time she had to go back to turn the light on, it was like mm-hmm. within touching range of it. It's so claustrophobic and so just uh, okay. it was very well done. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to say real quick, Elise and I were lucky enough. I think it was two years ago to go on the Warner Brothers lot oh. and do they had a haunted, basically like Universal Halloween Horror Nights. They had a Warner Brothers themed one, and they had the Conjuring. Oh, they house. had an Exorcist was, Church, which was so good. An Exorcist Church, but they also had a Conjuring haunted maze house. Also, that's cool. And that's really it basically cool. you went through different sections. So you went into you were like with a small group. It was like very small, not crowded like those big other ones. And you went into uh, the room that had a bunch of the artifacts and they're like, don't touch Annabelle or whatever. And then the lights <laughs> would go off and then come back on and the, the thing would be open and the doll would be gone. But then the last room that you ended up in, there was a bunch of stuff happening and they did the thing where there's a painting with something oh, scary on it. I don't like this. And then, and then I still don't know how they did it, but hands then come out around oh, the shit. painting and then do that. And then someone Oof. comes out from running behind the painting Ooh. and runs it at you. No, thank you. So it was really scary. That's terrifying. I think it has to be that. I mean, that's the iconic moment of this movie. And like, again, it's one of those ones you kind of see coming, but mm-hmm. the twist of it run, literally running at you, I think mm-hmm. gives this the, the two thumbs that's up. That's the one. That's the one we're putting on there. Then, all right. For, so for Conjuring 2, it's the nun uh, to hallway to the painting. Uh, then we get into uh, the actual ranked one, the big one for Ragu Cuckoo, the best beastie. Now, currently we have it as number one, Bathsheba in The Conjuring. Number two, Annabelle's demon in Annabelle. Where do we want to put Valak? Definitely like above the, Annabelle. Yeah, for Agreed. sure above Annabelle. I think maybe number one because Valak was scary. I... Ah, man. You know what? I, I, I'd go number one. I think that Bathsheba had the scary moment with the, the clap. 
But I think that even though we just spent an hour talking about how Valak wasn't set up properly, I still think it was set up better. I think that's the thing about this one that I, I wanted to talk about when we started this. And you asked us, what, we're, what do we think? I enjoy this movie. I think it's a little bit forgettable. And, but I think the scares are scarier than they were in Conjuring 1. But the heart is more with Conjuring 1 for some reason. And I can't marry that exact reason. I think it's what we're talking about. A lot of things are going on. But in terms of the scariest thing, I think just the imagery of Valak as the nun is terrifying, let alone for her then to have taken over uh, Bill's, you know, thing. I, and I think it's also awesome yeah. at the end when the tapes roll together and you play them together and you find out that Bill is in un, uh, uh, not wanting to participate in this, right? He's uh, unwilling to participate in this. And that Valak had even done that. And then to get Valak upstairs watching, you know, Ed about to die, turn into the real demon in the corner, like... I, the Val, Valak's, yeah, terrifying, I think. Mm-hmm. I think I would yeah. disagree with you in one in one regard. I, I Spot on. I just think I do feel like Conjuring 1 had scarier. I think the highs of the scare were, were, were way crazier in Conjuring 1. Specifically the room with the kids is shit that, like, if I'd have seen that when I was a kid, where the girl sure. gets, like, her leg tug, yeah. that was fucking terrifying to me. Well, if see, I'd have seen that when I was, like, 10, I'd be traumatized. This is another one, too, of, like, what we talked about earlier and what we talked about in the first, Conjuring 1 of like once you show the ghost you're in this weird spot of how you do it like obviously I think they use effects more here and do different things with it because I, I think Conjuring 1 again you want to talk about Iconic or whatever even when she gets grabbed by the hair and drug around the room in front of everybody I remember that being such a moment of like oh my god the, that now the rules don't even apply at all like the demon's just fucking with them in broad like this one like for when uh, Janet's on the ceiling and then gets pushed into the locked room, yeah, that I thought right. was like a cheesy transition. But then in the locked room, I found terrifying of her mm-hmm. screaming. The mom knows it. She opens the door just that crack. She's like, mom. And Bill's hand comes around her mouth. You're like, holy mm-hmm. shit. Because even the mom hasn't seen a visualization that there's a man in the house before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scary stuff. That was scary. That yeah, was scary. Yeah. I, I guess for me, like with the, you're right, where it's like once you see the, the scary thing, it's less scary. And I think this being the second Conjuring movie, third movie in this universe, it's kind of like we're used to the rules a little bit more. Uh-huh. And I feel like Conjuring One came out in an era right next to Insidious and in some of the other movies that kind of broke the traditional rules. The rule forever was if you're under the blanket, you're safe. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to fuck with you there. And I feel like there was an era of movies in the like 2010s that was just like, no, 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 no. You're not safe there no matter what. And the girls getting pulled off the beds was like an example of that. So then to see it again in this, it kind of just felt like par for the course. It felt like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. We know what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. So it's if this was the first time you saw it, it would be super scary. But like having seen it before two weeks ago, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, it's mm-hmm. I got you. But yeah, yeah. Now it's time to rank the movies in general. Currently, the rankings are number one, The Conjuring, and number two. Do we not have any haikus in reviews? Oh, we do. We do. At least hit the song. Seven syllables in the middle. Five for the first and last line. If you have to do it, you don't need to do it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. They don't. Haiku. Neither, neither does the theme, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting you better. Have to do it, you don't need to do I it. I think by the end of it. Conjuring and Review, the Cuckoo and Review, I'm going to have it. We were in the car the other day, and she, she nailed it. She I did. sang the we, whole but thing. But we talked through it, though. You talked through it. Yeah, you talked it out, but then, but then you, you definitely did get it. You definitely did get it. So you know it. It's there. It's deep. It's, it's deep in the heart. Behind. It's in your heart. It's in the heart. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form. This one comes from Tommy T who says, I'm the guy that did the clap edit of Elisa's haiku and review. So thank you. Thank you very much for that. Uh, He says, shit's flying around. Creepy nun and crooked man. The Warrens got this. 
They really do, we man. Got it. Do it, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, we got Carlos Jimenez saying, bunch of kids again. <laughs> no one left room. <laughs> no one left room for Jesus. This EU needs condoms. Jesus. It is, it is hard, point, by the way. But... Like, I, I know they're trying to stay true to the real story, but the hardest thing is the thing that I, I don't like about it is you just can't – you don't know who's who most of the time. You don't have enough time to sympathize with one of the characters because yeah. you can't tell who the hell is being tortured <laughs> the entire time. Yeah. Like the next one, just uh, two kids. Let's take, a, let's take a page out of Poltergeist book. Two mm-hmm. kids and a clown. Done. I mean somehow the last – Annabelle only had one kid, and I still felt like it might have been too many kids. Mm-hmm. Like that's fair. It just like I don't know. Like, like last movie didn't have that many characters, but still felt like it did somehow. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested to see how we continue with this. But uh, Pizza Bagel writes in and says, "Crooked man and none. The effects here are real fun. It's real spooky, son. Okay. It didn't need to rhyme. It, it didn't need to okay. rhyme, but it did. But it did. Okay. It did. So now it is time to rank the cuckoo. Currently number one, The Conjuring. Number two, Annabelle." Where do we put the conjuring to? I put it right above Annabelle. Yeah, I, I put it in number two. two. I put it in number two. Number two. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good. But I just Elise, at least you're looking pretty stressed oh. out. Give me your thoughts. There's a lot of good, great stuff that I do like about the second one. I agree, but it doesn't. This doesn't feel like a, a Dark Knight kind of discussion where it, mm. it took it took the platform that the previous movie gave and then just blew all of it out of the water and changed now it changes all your expectations it felt like it was more of the stuff we enjoyed you're right you're right you're right you got it thanks (laughs) (laughs) so there we go number one the conjuring number two the conjuring two and number three annabelle we will be back next week with batman in review where we're doing catwoman and then here we are conjuring (laughs) Yes, in review, yes. where we are doing Annabelle creation. Creation, sure. Is that, that correct? Is. Annabelle, Annabelle creation. Yeah. Annabelle creation. Annabelle. Then it goes the nun. Then it goes Annabelle three. Right. Annabelle no way. We have Annabelle. Do you need me to double check this? Maybe? Comes home. No. <laughs> Annabelle, <laughs> Annabelle, Annabelle comes, comes home is three. Yeah, that's right. That is right. So next week is Annabelle creation, mm-hmm. aka okay. Annabelle two. Mm-hmm. Until then, stay spooky. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> the warrants will return. <laughs> <laughs>